Confused by finances, investing, estate and retirement planning? Well, we went to school so you don't have to. Welcome to Finances And with Kathy and Norma. Welcome to Finances And, W4 Form 2020. We went to school so you don't have to. I'm Norma and I'm here with Kathy. Today, we wanted to talk about the new W-4 form, explaining each section and the importance of filling it out correctly. So whether you're starting out a new job or making adjustments because you owe taxes last year, maybe you've got too much of a refund. If that's an issue, you need to understand this new form. So the reason that this document was changed was part of Trump's administration changes in the Tax Cut and Jobs Act of 2017 which lowered taxes and created new exemptions and eliminated others. And by eliminating others, I mean it eliminated the exemption that you once received. So what they did was they made the form kind of coincide with the new way of figuring out taxes as as it relates to pendants and and things like that. You already have a W-4 on file with your current job, but if you are making any of these changes in your life, you might want to consider going back and revisiting it and filling out these worksheets we're talking about. If you're newly married or divorced, if you're adopting children, if you're getting a second job, which is what we were talking about in section two, if you're buying a house, If you're expecting a big pay cut or a pay raise, or if you only worked part of a year, these are all reasons to go back and revisit it and make sure that you're having withheld exactly what you're expecting to have withheld for tax time. The first section is pretty straightforward, but I'm going to walk you through what it entails and the importance of filling it out correctly. So the first section is pretty straightforward. But again, I wanted to walk through each line item just so that you understand the importance of exception and what it all means. So this particular certificate, basically, and it's called an employee withholding certificate. You'll see on the top, on the left, it'll say W-4. On the right, it'll say 2020. That's how you know you're in the right form. Now, this determines how much to withhold from your paycheck. So it lets your employer know exactly the right amount of income tax that gets to be withheld. And the reason that this is important is for you to avoid penalties. If you don't have enough income tax withheld, you could have penalties and obviously you want to avoid that. So you've got your first and last name, again, pretty straightforward, your address. Now, it's important to use the right address. I can tell you that my son had was living on campus and he started a job at the movie theater and he used the address that he had on campus. And I'd noticed one of his pay stubs and I noticed the address and, you know, let him know he needed to change that because come tax time, you know, come the end of the year when they're all sending out W-2s, which is, you know, what you're going to need in order to fill out your taxes, it could be sent to the wrong address. So again, this address section, very important. It also includes your social security number. Now, again, also son's story, started his first job and put the wrong social in there. Looked at his first pay stub because we're actually very excited about the first pay stub. Social was wrong. Um, And I immediately told him you need to go back and update that so that you get the proper credit for your wages, you know, when it comes to, let's just say, you know, social security and things of that nature, but also just to avoid potential, you know, identity theft or anything of that nature. You know, you don't want them to think you're using somebody else's social. It's important that you put that right social security number in there. And then the next part of it, which is noted as C, actually. So social security number was B, your name and all that was A. C is your status. So your filing status. You've got single or married filing separately, married filing jointly or qualifying widow. And then you've got head of household. 
which is basically if you're unmarried and pay more than half of the cost of keeping up your home for yourself and a qualifying individual. So if, if you've got kids in the house, if you have maybe a parent who earns under the limit so that you can actually claim them on your taxes and be able to file head of household, that that's what this section's about. So again, checking the proper box allows you to have the proper amount of taxes withheld. And just another you know quick personal story on this. And this is before the form change, but it applies. I, when I got divorced, it was December 20th. And so obviously all year long, we had had the withholdings as if we were going to file married filing jointly as, you know, we had for all those years. Unfortunately, you know, we got divorced at the end of the year when we filed our taxes, we had agreed that I would be able, you know, I would take both kids on my taxes. Unfortunately, that meant he was filing as single. He had no deductions. He had no exemptions. He had nothing. And all year long, he had taxes withheld as if he was not single. So it caused quite an issue that year when he filed his taxes, because again, the proper amount was not withheld throughout the year. And he immediately changed it, obviously. Again, while this may seem like a very basic section, each part of this section is very important for your taxes and for, you know, future social security and all that. And it's a good point because the whole purpose of this form in its entirety is to make sure that you're able to keep as much money as you can in your paycheck and to give the government as much money as you have to. You're trying to find that break-even point where you don't get a refund and or you don't owe money or that's a very small amount, whatever it is, so that you're not owing a lot or even getting a lot back. Even though getting a lot back seems wonderful, it means that you haven't been able to put that money to use in your own life. I am going to suggest that as you continue to listen to this, at least the parts that are coming up now, that you open a W-4 form online and take a look at it because this is just going to be a lot of explanation. And I think looking at it will be helpful. So this next section, part two, has to do with if you have more than one job or you have a spouse where you guys are filing jointly. And the IRS is going to use this section A to use as an estimator for withholding it. IRS also has a good estimator online if you're interested in trying that. For B, you need to fill out the multiple jobs worksheet. And that's what we're talking about here. So if your jobs are greater than 120,000, you don't need to use this part. So do you have two jobs or you're married filing jointly and you each have one job, then you're going to need to use this table on the packet, which is why I'm suggesting looking at it. And I just want to explain how the table works. One column on the left-hand side is asking you what is the greatest amount that you're earning at any one of your jobs. The other part of the table across the top is asking you which of your jobs is the least amount that you're earning. So for example, if you're at one job and you're earning $30,000 and you're at another job and you're earning $5,000, you're going to come down on the table and find the number that you're going to place on this document. If you have three or more jobs, you're going to need to have the amounts for all three of those jobs and you're going to do the following things. You're going to find the highest paying job and the lowest paying job and find the amount between them. So using the example of a $30,000 job a year and $5,000 job a year, on this table, it works out to $900. So we're just going to keep $900 in mind. Then you're going to take the two highest paying jobs. If I have a third job, again, I have the $30,000 job, a $10,000 job, and a $5,000 job. I'm going to add up the $30,000 and the $10,000 to get $40,000. And then I'm going to look at the table with the $40,000 job and the $5,000 job. And I'm going to come up with $1,020. 
Then I'm going to add those together, the 1,020 and the 900, and I'm going to get 1920. Then in the third section, you're going to write down how many pay periods a year you have. Are you getting paid monthly? So you're going to write down 12. Are you getting paid every week? You're going to write down 15. Every other week, you're going to write down 26. Then you're going to divide that number, that 1,920 by, for example, if you're being paid every other week by 26. And in this case, you're going to get 73 something, but they only want to know about the whole number. So you're just going to write 73 down. If you are working and your spouse and you are both getting paid about the same amount, there's a checkbox right here called checkbox C. And you want to make sure that both you and your spouse have clicked on this. It tells the IRS that there are two jobs associated with this Social Security and and they're both being considered for taxes. So they want to make sure that they're aware of that. And lastly, in this example that I was doing with these three salaries, their salaries are not similar. So I would not check the box and and my spouse would not check that box either. Otherwise, you'll have too much taxes taken out. So I just want to add that when you're filling out these worksheets, these worksheets stay with you. They don't get turned into your employer. You only have to turn in page one. So if you're worried about, you know, letting your job know or having your job know that you've got a second job or a third job, that's not necessary. You know, they may look at this form. They may say, are you all set? You know, are you sure you want this much taken out? And your simple answer could just be yes, because you could have your own private reasons or personal reasons for having so much taken out or so little taken out. I doubt anyone will ever ask, but just in case, again, I don't want you to think that you have to disclose to your job that you've got multiple jobs or that your spouse doesn't work or, you know, whatever the case is. I think that's a good point that, that these worksheets are for you to calculate what it is you want to take. And it's not something you need to turn into your employer. So next step, claim your dependence. This is pretty important. If your income, and it's pretty spelled self-explanatory, but I'm going to read it. If your income will be less than $200,000 or $400,000 if you're married filing jointly. This is where you fill out this section here. Put in these numbers. If you've got one child or more under the age of 17, multiply that by 2000. If you've got another type of dependent. Now, another type of dependent could be a child in college. You know, someone 17 or older, that person could be in college. That person could be your parent that you claim as your dependent. Whoever that person is, if you've got your niece that lives with you and you, you know, you're claiming her on your taxes because you raise her. That's where you enter this $500 multiplied that by that person. This is a little different from what was happening before. And what was happening before was that, you know, again, you'd get these personal exemptions. It was, you know, about $4,050 a person that would reduce your taxable income. What they're doing now is a tax credit by this amount. So I've got two kids in college. I get $500 a piece for them as long as I'm claiming them. And that's a dollar for dollar credit as opposed to a reduction in my taxable income. So again, very important to put this in there so that you don't have too much taken out of your taxes. If you if you don't fill this out correctly, that's not necessarily a, you know, a bad thing. You'll just have more taken out in taxes and you'll get a bigger refund. So whatever your goal is, that's how you fill this out. But it's best to fill it out as accurately as possible because as Kathy stated before, I mean, what you don't want is to give the government an interest-free loan for the year. 
So the last section is, do you want any additional money withheld for whatever reason? So there are some possibilities that you might want to consider. One of them is, did you receive a 1099? Or if you're a 1099 employee, they're not withholding anything. So you could take your withholdings on this job where you're filling out your W-4. If you're receiving a great deal of money from interest or dividends from your investments in some way, you can also compensate on your W-4 and just ask more to be withheld, knowing you're going to get that money and they're going to tax you on it. And lastly, are you getting a pension benefit from another job, even though you're working? So for example, if you're military and you've retired from the military, you're going to get a pension, but they're not going to be taking withholdings for that. So you can say in this other job that I have with my W-4, I'm going to withhold a little bit more to balance out the withholdings they didn't take from my military or whatever pension. I'm using military as an example. The first thing they're going to do on 4A is ask you if you have, if you earn non-job income. And that's where we're talking about the interest or dividend. So you're going to answer that question. B, 4B, if you're itemizing on your income tax and not taking a standard deduction, then you need to consider these things. You need to estimate or even look back at your last year's tax return. What was your mortgage interest? What kind of charitable contributions are you going to make? What are your state and local taxes up to $10,000? And then are you paying medical costs that are greater than seven and a half percent of your income? So for example, that number is hard to hit, but if you're being paid $10,000 a year, your medical expenses would have to exceed $750 to be able to put them in this estimate of the deductions. Then you're going to enter in Whatever filing status you are, whether you're married filing jointly, then you're going to enter $24,800. If you're head of household, you're going to enter $18,650. If you're single or if you're married filing singly, separately, excuse me, $12,400. So now you're going to look at line one, which talked about all those uh, itemized deductions. And if it is greater than line two, which is that standard deduction, that's what I just read off to you, then you're going to subtract and find that number. If line two, the standard deduction is greater than your itemized, you're just going to put a zero there. Then the last thing you're going to do for part four of 4B is you're going to estimate any of these things student loan interest, deductible IRA contributions, and then other adjustments that would be on publication 505. And I looked it up. It's part two of schedule one, and it seemed sort of obscure. Then you're going to add line three and line four. Then you're going to add lines three and four, and whatever you come up with is going to be entered here on 4C. To wrap up, the last section is step five. And it's just the employee signature and dating it. Again, as it states on the form, it is not valid unless you sign it. So you sign this, you hand this into your employer. You know, this form is a one page form. And I know it, it sounds like there's a lot of information that needs to go onto this form or a lot that really needs to be taken into account. What's nice about this new, you know, W4 2020 form is that it closely aligns with your taxes. So when you file your taxes. So what you want withheld is completely up to you. You can have this match up so that you really don't get a refund back or not much of a refund. Or if you're the type of person that would prefer a bigger refund and less in your weekly paycheck for whatever reason, maybe that that windfall is nice for you. You chip away at your debt with that. You know, whatever the case is, this form is a personal form for you to fill out, personalized with your information meant to be aligned with what you expect back and what you want back when you're filing your taxes. 
Thanks for listening to Finances and How to Fill Out Your W-4. We know you chose to listen today and we're grateful. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe here. It means a lot. Please let us know what you think on Facebook or Twitter by going to our website at Finances and. Finances and does not provide tax or legal advice and nothing in this podcast can be construed as such. Always consult a tax, accounting, or legal professional for advice on your specific situation. Remember, we went to school so you don't have to.